Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 203, Mitigating Climate Change with a Shift in Consciousness with Meline Kalatla. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. In this episode, I'm talking with certified change coach Malene Kalatla about the interconnectedness of all of life. And we're talking about it sort of through the lens or or around the topic of climate change, which is something that Malene is very passionate about. She, in addition to being a change coach and working with people privately, she works with an organization called A Common Earth, which is actually uh, very related to, to what I talk about here on the show and the three principles, because I guess the person who started A Common Earth uh, is is a student of the principles as well. But A Common Earth uh, is an organization that that looks at these climate issues, environmental issues, and really recognizes that it's a shift in individual consciousness. It's about seeing, moving from this me-centered consciousness to, to something far bigger that's, that's likely going to lead to the sort of change that we need. And of course it is, because that's what we already know from every episode of this podcast and everything I share here. It's always a shift in consciousness. It's always, we can do it. We can try to do it the hard way. You know, we can just, we can make policies and for ourselves personally, we can make up rules and we can try to just do behavior change, but it just falls so short. It's not at all sustainable when we're trying and starting from that level versus when we simply see something, we see a bigger picture and we have a shift in consciousness and from there, behavior naturally follows. So that's what I beat the drum of all the time. And I'm so grateful that Melina is here beating that same drum when it comes to these really huge planetary, environmental, climate kind of issues. And it just makes so much sense. So I love, I love her passion for this. I love her understanding, her really deep understanding and her grounding around these topics. And she talks about the interconnectedness of all things and how it's not like us and the planet, obviously, right? We are the planet and the planet is us. And we can't really hurt one without hurting the other because there is no one another. It, it's all it's all one system. It's all one energy. Um, her her passion for this and excitement for this is and her her understanding of it again just shine right through. So. I think this is a great conversation. I, personally, I just love the fact that the things that are likely to save the planet are the same things that save us individually. Because again, not not really a difference there. If you want freedom from something in your own personal life, it's about a shift in consciousness. If we need to shift things on a much, much bigger level, it's about a shift in consciousness. So enjoy this conversation. If you want to hear more from Melina, I'm going to share her website in the show notes. Um, she does coaching with people 
and she also uh, works with A Common Earth and they have all kinds of programs that she talks a little bit about in this episode that I highly recommend checking out. So I'm going to share the link to A Common Earth and their programs as well. Hi, Meline. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Thank you, Amy, for having me. I'm super, super excited. Yeah, me too. I, I am too. Um, so I know we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff around your coaching and how it how it uh, ties into climate issues and all kinds of stuff you're passionate about, which I'm really excited about. Um, but before we dive into that, maybe just tell everyone a little about how you got into this understanding that we talk about in Changeable. Like, how'd you find your way here? Sure. Uh yeah, I'm trying to think back actually when it exactly was. <clears throat> I was living in Hong Kong at the time, so it must have been like maybe 2018, something like that. Um, and uh, I I had read a book where you had written a part of that book, and I was really curious about how you saw life and experience. And um, through that, I looked up um, you and uh, the little school of big change and. Um, Although the time difference made it a little tricky to attend the live calls, I did go ahead and did the course and, um, and it just like escalated in a beautiful way. Um, from then on, um, I got curious about, of course, how you share this understanding, but also I actually think it was through your podcast, some of the really early episodes you talked to, I think, Rohini Ross, and she talks about the principles. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got curious about how, you know, other practitioners, how they share it. And so I just started watching a bunch of videos, you know, um, on YouTube. And um, yeah, just from there, it just kind of evolved, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so what has it done for you personally? Like how, how, what, what kind of things have shifted? Yeah. I mean, everything has shifted in the sense that, well, nothing has, not, I mean, how do I put this? Everything is the same, but it looks different in the sense that, um, I don't, I don't, so I don't know if other people see that I see things differently. It doesn't really matter either, but my experience has certainly shifted. I think from the sense that I used to, I was like on this ongoing quest of, of improving myself. Uh, so that's like one extreme to having a difficult, difficult time seeing myself as a self now. So that's like, that's like the extreme, right? And the journey is anything in between. Um, and it hasn't stopped yet because, you know, you just you keep seeing stuff and keep putting it in different contexts and seeing it from different angles because, I don't know, like the more you see, the more you see that everything ultimately is the same. That was maybe a bit of a vague answer, but... <laughs> no, as you're saying that though, I'm like, this is the hardest question to answer. Me too. Yeah. When people ask me that. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to talk about that? So no, yeah. it's great. It's a great answer <laughs> to a, to probably the hardest question ever. <laughs> so, um, so you went on and became a change coach. Um, yeah. and, and say a little bit about how you're now using your, well, I don't know if it's like using your change coaching, but I'm curious and uh, the work that you're doing and the teaching you're doing around climate issues and um, 
has has environ have environmental things been a passion of yours for a long time? Like, how did that all come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question too. Um, yeah. So, in terms of climate change, I guess it's not something that I have always been very aware of. To be quite honest, I think actually, again, thinking back, what kind of brought me on that path was again when I was in Hong Kong and I watched I watched a documentary that kind of opened my eyes. Um, and I got curious about, whoa, is this really the state of, of things, you know? And for a long time, I didn't couple at all climate change with this understanding. Like that was, that was kind of two separate things. Yeah. I, after watching this documentary, I like overnight, actually, it's a good example of how my seeing changed because overnight I went primarily plant-based and I had used to, you know, eat a lot of animal products and and I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm vegan but I'm definitely you know I don't know put a number on it doesn't really matter but you know I'm pretty much plant-based and and um and that comes from seeing things differently like it's not something that's takes effort in any way it's just I'm just doing what makes sense to me yeah and that doesn't mean that it needs to make sense for everybody else to do it but it makes sense to me so that was kind of one path. And then this understanding, like I mentioned, I had, you know, I kept deepening myself into it. And at one point I did a, um, one of these seminars with, um, George and Linda Pransky. Um, it was, so, uh, it was, um, COVID time. So, so it was online. Um, and there I heard about or some of the participants came from this organization called Common Earth. And I got curious about that because I am passionate about climate and I am very passionate about this understanding. And so I reached out to, to hear more. And, um, and that led me to doing the, uh, the offer a course, a free course actually, uh, of two modules. And my husband and I did the first module together. And then I went on to do the second module, um, as well. Um, and yeah, and then they asked me if I wanted to kind of facilitate in, in, in this organization and become a part of, I guess, what you call a staff. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now, which is really, really fun. That's awesome. So I, I love first, before I ask you more about Common Earth, I love that example of like, just something shifted and just your mm-hmm. way of being and eating and all of that was just different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it sounds, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people listening, like we've tried to do so many things and we all yeah. do in life. We try so hard to make a change that that does feel right. Like we want that yeah. change. It feels right. But sometimes yeah. it just requires a lot of effort. And sometimes yeah. like you're saying, it's like, that's what I mean when I talk about a sea change. It's like just yeah. a complete shift. And it's like, nope, this is just what I do now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Perfectly said. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So say a little bit about Common Earth and and like, what do they, what do they teach and what's kind of their Mm -hmm. mission and things like that? Well, so Common Earth has a, like a mission of, I guess, really forming a community, you know, for people that are curious about how we can create a a, a post-carbon carrying society. So basically a, a place where we're not so reliant on, on, on fossil fuels and, uh, and also where we are, where there is space for all of us to thrive. Um, and how we get there, 
I don't know that anybody has the answers. Um, but, you know, forming a community and, and being open to possibility in itself just kind of, I don't know, like paths emerge. And, and, uh, and, and that's what's happening. It's, it's quite beautiful. It's really, really nice. It's a wonderful community. And the course that, that, uh, that common earths offer, it's really kind of a multi-dimensional program where, um, we look at climate, of course. And in the second module also go into the whole kind of socioeconomic issues from a, from a broader perspective. Mm. So it's quite broad and, um, and one of the really foundational premises in common earth is the role of thought, uh, which is, you know, where this understanding comes in. And uh, the idea is to explore, gain a more clear understanding of ways in which we offer our own lives, like our own reality, and how seeing that opens for a different story. Um, so I guess that's kind of very short how the understanding comes in. Yeah. And then we also explore uh, systems thinking, which I like. I didn't. I had probably read about it back in university when I studied like organizations and stuff like that. You know, Peter Senge and that whole field. But but I was not familiar with it to the extent that we uh, explore it in Common Earth, and that has really been like a uh, a bit of a mind blowing experience. Uh, again, talking about seeing like a sea change. Yeah. You know, getting into systems thinking is really opening a lens up of how to view the world. Um, and again, goes back to the role of our own thinking and making that more visible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the systems thinking tools are actually kind of also designed around seeing how predictable a lot of our thoughts are, um, which is, you know, really kind of fun, especially when you come. When you come from this understanding, yeah, uh, it it just makes a lot of sense. So, what is systems thinking exactly? Is it just kind of kind of what it sounds like? How we get conditioned with these these thoughts? Well, it is, and then it it has a it's it's how everything it's it's a way of illuminating how everything is interconnected, mm-hmm. how interdependent everything is, and how systems nest into each other, right? So, like ultimately. Ultimately, the universe is a system. Yeah. And all of the systems are nested into that system, right? My little family here is a system. We all interact. We all interrelate. We all influence each other and we co-create our family. Um, so that's, so that's, that's one way to, to, I guess, to look at it. And then there are some really cool tools that we use. Um, and I don't mean this as like a practice, but it's a great way of illustrating thinking at play. So as an example, I know, actually, I remember some of the, one of the first documents I read from you, Amy, was this iceberg. You had, you had written this great little text about iceberg and, and how this understanding was about kind of instead of chipping away at the top, you're melted away from the bottom, right? Yeah. And so in systems thinking, that's one of the tools we actually use where kind of the bottom of the iceberg are these mental models, you know, that a lot of us are not aware of. And, and combined with this understanding, having that 
also bringing as well, it's funny how, you know, this kind of once really hard iceberg becomes very slushy towards the end, right? Like it, <laughs> it gets much, much less solid. Um, so that's one example. Uh, another example are just feedback, feedback loops, balancing loops. How, you know, if you look out in nature and you look at ecosystems, um, those are, you know, that systems at play too. And how, you know, how they interrelate and how we interrelate in those ecosystems. And that's where climate change comes in, right? Like how our actions influence what goes on around us. So, so we spend quite a lot of time exploring systems thinking. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 and it's actually really, for me, opened up like new ways of seeing the world and our thinking in, um, in, um, how do you say in action? Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool because it, because, you know, it it really feels like that's what's missing in a sense. And that the, the failure to see the interconnectedness of things, the way that we just as individuals, I suppose, like we get so caught up in our own thinking that just centers around me, you know, and plants look like just plants. They don't have an intelligence and other things aren't alive the way that we're alive, you know, but that's just such human thinking. So it feels like just listening to you talk about this, like you would just see the aliveness and the, yeah. and the interconnectedness of everything. Yeah. And I love to say that because I wonder also, like, I don't, I don't know that it always was like that. Like the disconnect that you point yeah. to is a fairly, I think a fairly recent thing, you know, yeah. which they just dates back to how society has evolved. Right. Like just from going from being foragers to entering the whole kind of agricultural uh, era and the scientific revolution that kind of followed from that. It just it just points to this kind of. Mental model of how, you know, what nature is, are we are we a part of nature or are we, you know, or are we above nature? Right. Right. Do we, you know, like in the era that we live in and has been for hundreds of years now, it's become that we, you know, we dominate nature. We try to dominate nature. We extract resources from nature. So it's this really separate thing, right, that I think also is really at the root of anything from mental health issues to, you know, social injustices and, and ultimately climate change for sure. Yeah. I I think I'm so glad you said that, that it's relatively recent, you know, it may be our whole lifetime. It may be a couple generations before us, but it is not always, has not always been this way. And in, you know, when it's been our whole lifetime where it looks like, oh, humans are better than nature and we'll just take what we need and it's all about us. Then of, of course, that's how that's our behavior follows Everything just follows from there. But to really look at it just a little bit zoomed out even and see, wow, this yeah. is relatively recent. Yeah. And and even today we can look around the world, right? And see other cultures that do not see it the way that, yes. that we tend to. Yes. Um, yeah, that's so huge to see already that starts poking some holes and like, oh, maybe it's not the way it looks. Exactly. No, exactly. And, you know, and, and I'll just bring in a third element of what we explore through the, the course in common earth. So, so, 
So what the, the other path we go down, which is so related to all of this, is the journey of the universe and our place in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like really speaking about the ultimate <laughs> zooming out, right? And seeing life for what it is. Like it's, I heard the other day, like our galaxy, the Milky Way, to, to look at it not as an entity, but rather as an activity that's, you know, that is, that's constantly bringing forth stars, like new stars, right? Like constantly, is this, is this constant creative energy, right? And, and how are we any different? Like, what if we as humans, right? It's so easy to get caught up in our own little entities, but like you talk about all the time, life is, life is a process. Like we are, we are lived and life is just this, this never ending process of creative force. Um, and, 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 and going on that path and understanding, I mean, I, I, I don't like pretend that I know everything there is to know about the universe. Not, <laughs> not at all. But the little that I know, the little I've seen just points to a truth that we are, again, back to the whole interconnectedness of things and how we are lived by this incredible creative force that not only created us, but the entire universe. Um, it's, it's, it's really marvelous to see. It's, it's so beautiful. And I'm sorry I, I'm talking a lot here, but I feel like it's just so related to the climate crisis, the lack of seeing that connection, mm-hmm. how we, we're not something that's put upon earth. We came from earth. We emerged from, from earth, which emerged from the, from the, from the universe. It's just difficult. It, it's just difficult not to start seeing things in a different light, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can so get, Again, just thinking back to you watching that documentary and suddenly it just made sense to eat in a different way. It's such mm-hmm. a similar thing, right? It's like I, what you just said is just so big. It's like as we see this interconnectedness, there's nothing else we have to try to do. We just will make different yeah. choices and we will just be different and relate differently to things around us. Yeah, yeah 100%. I, I love that. Well, you know, I've been on a kick about this lately that like about mind and thought just being a process. It's yeah. not a thing. There's no thing, you know? No. And, and that feels so, and, and same with us and same with everything. Everything is this process. Yeah. I, I'm trying to put my finger on why that's so important. And, and maybe we can't and we don't really have to, but it just feels like there's something so expansive in seeing that nothing yeah. is solid. Yeah. Because if they're solid, there's boundaries. If there, if yeah. I'm a me and you're a you, and that's that's a farm, and we can go take what we want. And if yeah. all of that is solid, it's all separate. But there's something in yeah. the fact that it's an activity where it's like all the boundaries go away. Well, it's an activity, and it seems to me that there is that there is an intelligence behind the activity too, yeah. right? And that's um, so big to see. Like another thing we talk about in Common Earth, mostly in Module Two, is regenerative agriculture. And, and regenerative agriculture is really just a way of, of, of farming, but doing it um, in harmony with nature. Mm. 
I guess is the way to say it, right? Like with yeah. nature, learning from not pretending that you know better. Like you may have experience, that's great. But the ultimate teacher here is, is nature and to step back and have the humility to observe and see versus trying to, you know, um, manage dirt, right? Yeah. To manage it, you know, applying fertilizer or tilling the soil, which, which only destroys it. And, you know, and again, it's so funny to see, like, it's, to me, it's like, it's exactly the same thing we do to ourselves. Right. Right. Like we think, oh, I have to manage this. I have to change. I have to do this and that with this tool and that tool. And, and maybe those tools make sense sometimes. I don't know. Like that's, you know, that's whatever occurs to you. I'm sure there's a wisdom to it, but to really see the greater truth of stepping back and, and, and seeing, you know, seeing things unfold on its, on its own is, is quite, quite humbling. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that where you can see it. You can see it at all these different levels. You see mm-hmm. it at this giant universal level. You see how, which again, to me speaks to the interconnectedness. It's all one giant yes. system, really, because a, a human psychology will do the same thing that a group psychology will do, that a, that a ecosystem will do. You know, you see like those patterns repeat. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. So is the, I mean, I can totally see, like you're saying, how as we have a, I don't know what you'd even call it, like a shift in consciousness around this, or we just have yeah. a, a bigger perspective that things, things will shift behaviorally and, and, and mm. then that will ripple out. Um, what kind of, I don't know, I'm thinking about... It's just like, again, what we talk about if you're trying to help someone with anxiety or a habit or mm-hmm. something, there's such a tendency to start with the action. And yes. so is, it, is, is that a big part of kind of what you talk about? I mean, it's really this sort of insight-based or, or seeing, yeah. seeing the bigger picture first and letting the action take, take root yeah. from there. Is that accurate to say? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think there is, I think it's important to, it's important to say that, you know, there is a, there's stuff happening in the world, right? Like there yeah. is a, we, you know, I have no doubt that we're spiritual beings, but we also live on a, on a planet, right? Like there is, there's finite resources and so on. And, and it's not doing super well. So I think there is value to, to, to understanding what's going on. Right. And, and we do yeah. spend time looking at that as well. Uh, another place where the systems thinking come in because it, it, it just really, it helps, you know, when you see feedback loops and how ecosystems, um, work together and how our interferences are causing a lot of challenges. You know, it, it, it does knowledge has power too, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. But I would think that the, the the agency or the empowerment comes from seeing, you know, our role in it. And our role in climate change is 100% based on thought, like on how we have imagined, like our imagination. Um, I read another book recently that also really blew my mind. 
It's called Sapiens by um, uh, an Israeli historian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and there's just one thing that really sticks out to me. And he talks about how our subjective reality, so basically our imaginary reality, right, is literally deciding the fate of our objective world. Yeah. And I and like I'm just getting goosebumps from saying that because it, it just hit home with me. I was like, yes, it does. Yeah. And and then I read another article lately, not too long ago, where you know the author talks to how is not technology just going to save the the world here because we 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 have the knowledge, we have the technology, but what we're missing is a new story a narrative that we can all buy into yeah. for that shift to really happen. And I do think it is happening. Um, but for it to really massively, you know, gain traction. Yeah. Wow. I think there is a, there's a new narrative that needs to, to get more. We need to buy, we need more into. Yeah. 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 So I was going to ask you about that. So you do, you, you feel like, things are shifting and the narrative is changing. It seems like, and I, I think so too, although it seems like we're kind of at this point where there's a couple, like, couple extremes maybe, and then there's the friction there, you know, there, there is yes. a new narrative. And you, if you look for it, you can find it in places like Common Earth and a lot of places. I mean, even for just sure. all the books recently and research on on the intelligence of plants and people yeah. using plant medicine. And I mean, even yeah. like the FDA is like looking into approving yeah. plant medicine for like, that's amazing. So amazing yeah. that that stuff's happening. So for sure, there's a tide on that side. What I see, and I, I'm curious to hear what you see about this is also just sometimes a lot of fear and anxiety. And I feel this myself a lot that, that yes. the fear and anxiety around it just kind of wants to make you not look and not yes. think about it. And that seems like it has to be the biggest obstacle right now. Yes. No, I, I'm 100% with you. And I, and I do think that this, this understanding is quite valuable there because, um, you know, one of the, I, I can only speak to me, of course, but I'm going to guess I'm not the only one with this takeaway that um, starting to be more suspicious of your thought and and not take it at face value and not take your and taking your emotions i guess more as a as a indicator of where we are in terms of our level of consciousness mm. is big right because all of a sudden an anxiety and it's not to say an ex, it, it, it's not that it's not well founded right like I, it's not perfect that's for sure not but if we if we treat an anxiety as it has valuable information, um, then we're going to act on that, right? Like it just, it becomes reinforcing. Yeah. Uh, again, an example of a feedback loop, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anxious mind creates anxious thoughts, which creates more anxious mind and so on. There it goes, right? And, and, and kind of being aware of that, I feel is, is incredibly, um, gives a lot of agency uh, and 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 you can you can act i think from a from maybe from more clarity yeah um so so i don't pretend to have all the answers i don't know what the solution is but i mean just going back to 
the whole journey of the universe and like the immense intelligence and creativity at play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just can't help, but I'm quite hopeful. I mean, maybe I'm silly. I don't know, but I can't help but be hopeful yeah. that, you know, it's a waking up process, I think. It feels like there's something so big in this too around um, that, that so ties into to everything we share around kind of like you just said, almost I don't like to say it this way, but almost choosing where we're going to listen, like, like being in a place where just maybe a better way of saying it is just seeing, yes, they're just like in our own heads. There's like a billion thoughts all the time Mm -hmm. and we get to come to see something about thought and Mm -hmm. see that no thought is the truth and that there's Mm -hmm. a deeper feeling to look for and and Mm -hmm. all of that. We see that on a personal level. But also seeing that like on a societal level. And I think in the last couple of years, especially we are where people are taking complete breaks from news and social media and things like that. And yeah. maybe that's been going on for a while. But yeah, you know, like it's like there's so much noise. I just really heard that in a different way in what you said where it's like, yeah, yeah there's anxiety. Of course, this is a very yeah. scary story running yeah. around based in some scientific facts. Exactly. But when we feel anxiety, that's showing us where we're listening. It's not showing us what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like that. And to to see, like you're saying, there's there's so many helpful narratives out there now, more and more popping Mm -hmm. up every day. And in a sense, I mean, it's it's on us to kind of look at how we want to feel and what we want to get behind. And if we want to just listen to the scary stories all the time, it's just going to be hard. And if we don't, yeah. it's it's going to feel more and more hopeful, most likely, and things can shift. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's easy to uh, it's re- easy to go down that rabbit hole, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of injustice and yeah, stuff going on in the world that I sure hope you know wasn't. Yeah. But if I'm going, I mean, and I, you know, if we're going to make a change or we're going to, we're going to do something, I definitely, I, 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 I trust a hundred percent that the place we do it from has a huge effect, yeah. you know, and, and, and when we have a, when we have clarity, you know, that, that's like, I think what you also talk to Amy, right? Like then we do what occurs to us. Well, we always do what occurs to us, but you know what I mean, right? Like it's yeah. it's kind of like what I talked about with this thing that I, you know, I for like overnight I I stopped eating meat, right? Like it just it just made sense to me. It was mm-hmm. like it was like a it was like a moment of clarity, and uh, doesn't mean that I don't get cloudy vision. I I do all the time, but yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, I just I just trust that I trust that intelligence. I guess. Yeah, I love that. I do yeah. too. So I'm curious, you're um you have some kids. Do you talk to your kids about this and for people wondering about that because I've yeah. heard that a lot too. How how can we talk to our kids about this in a way that doesn't have them feeling just lost in anxiety? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, I think I I do talk to my kids. Yes. Um this is going to sound really lame, but like I talk to them how it occurs to me in the moment to do, you know, and I, and I, and I hate to point back to this again, but I, it really is about how do we, 
how do we see it for ourselves and and how like any conversation is a co-creation between two two people right like if i'm talking to my you know i have a i have a 7 year old and a 9 year old and an almost 12 year old and and you kind of when when i talk to them about it i mean they're not they know what's going on. I don't know that they're anxious about it, but I also don't know that it's because they don't know the kind of the, the seriousness of it. I don't know. I don't, I don't spend time being very alarmist, mm-hmm. uh, but we talk about what makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and kind of again, go back to the basics in a way, right? Like point to nature. Yeah. Uh, how does, how does nature work? Well, maybe you work the same. Maybe you are actually nature, right? Like having those types of conversations. Um, I think at least for us has been, has, has made sense. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's so important that we talk about it to our kids. And I, I, and, and I know from my kids' schools, like they talk about it there too, which I love. Um, and I almost, I, I would wish they would do it even more. Um, and tie it together with this understanding because again, you know, it, it speaks to a deeper truth yeah. of our interconnectivity, of our interdependence, of the very nature of life and how self-generating it is. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, there is still a bit, I think in our school system, sorry, I'm going to go on on a tangent here, but I, I feel like there is still a bit of a, um, this element of separation, like, you know, like we have math and English and like, it's, it's kind of very siloed. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's just, it's just, again, like, it's just a manifestation of, you know, of how we view the world for, right. you know, the last couple of hundred years. Right. Yeah. Um, but to start coming back to, yeah, seeing, seeing how nothing nothing is apart from anything um, would be so valuable to, to have even more so in schools. I know they're doing a lot of project-based work and, and it's great. And, and there is value in understanding parts for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. just a shame if you lose the sense that, you know, it's, it's more the, 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 how is it the saying go that the, the sum is more than the, yeah. The whole is bigger than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. It's like, and it's funny in a, just in a um, developmental kind of way, it feels like we get smart, our brains get smarter and it's like, Ooh, parts yeah. and complexity and that stuff yes. is important and it is fun, but oh, you're yeah. right. I feel like then we kind of sometimes lose the, the bringing it back to the whole. Yeah. I think exactly. it's so cool to see how kids, like I remember in, it must've been in like preschool or kindergarten, um, probably preschool, like my kids learning about just little things like recycling and picking up trash. And my daughter was so into this. Like we would go for walks every day um, and she would bring a little bag and say, I'm going to pick up any trash. (laughs) It was the most natural thing in the world. I have chills right now, like thinking about it, but she was like, this is our, this is our world. And I just want it to be beautiful. And if someone throws trash, why would they do that? And just the innocence in that, you know, and, and, and it shows us, I think how, natural that is to us how natural it is we all know this is our earth and not just a place we were born to hang out for a hundred years but we are this and it is us and 
and yeah, how that separation starts, but it, but we can get it back because it's not that far. We're not really separated from it. We're just exactly. separated by some thinking. Oh, I love that, Amy. It, yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. Like what's learned, right? Yeah. And, and how it's just covered. Yeah. I think we all know it. Yeah. You know, cause like you say, like, look at any kid, they know. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there is so much. I would even say, you know, when you talk to your children about this, listen to their wisdom, you yeah. know, because like there is, yeah, there's a lot of knowledge and stuff to know, but there is also just what flows naturally when you're not, when you're not getting caught up in whatever is going through your, your little personal mind, you know, yeah. and kids are way more plugged in in general to this kind of greater intelligence or whatever we want to call it. Uh, We can learn so much from them. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I love this conversation. I think you speak about this stuff so well. I know you weren't sure if you would, (laughs) but you totally (laughs) do. Like you're just, just, just your passion for it. And, And really, again, it's not like you're presenting something. It's so clear that it just has become how things look. And, and, and that's what I want. That's what we want to spread to everyone, you know, that yeah. as we just see our interconnectedness and our oneness, so much yeah. starts to fall away and things get easier and better for everybody. Yeah. So I feel like you're sharing this has just been such a good example of that. Oh, well, thank you very much, Amy. It's, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I hope that uh, it sometimes feels a little tumbled up in my own head but yeah. uh yeah it just it comes out however it does and uh, I'm glad it made sense at least to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it makes me want to do the July course uh perhaps. Oh, so I'm going to share I'll, I'll share the link for everyone um as Melina said the there's the common earth does a course it's four times a year right and it's a free course yep yeah it's what's yes it's so every so it's it's free it's uh well it's it's basically sponsored by um, the Patterson family who, who found it, um, common earth. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful course, um, uh, eight weeks, twice a week. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, we, you get to be a part of a wonderful community and, you know, after the course ends, there is this beautiful community waiting for you. Uh, you can participate however you want in it. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, we do start as it is now, at least for uh, four times a year. So July, October, January, and April, I believe. And, um, and uh, yeah, so just go check our website out. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I'll yeah. share the link. And if you guys want to get in touch with Melina, she's an amazing coach. So if you're looking for support on anything, I'll share her information as well. So thank you so much. Thanks for this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. If you benefit from this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a quick review of it on iTunes. Listener reviews go a really long way in attracting brand new listeners to this new paradigm. And they show me that you're listening and that you're benefiting from what you hear, which frankly goes a really long way in encouraging me to keep recording. Thank you so much to those of you who have reviewed it already. I really appreciate you. And thank you so much for considering it if you haven't yet.